Well, we read Psalm 2. We've been using as our scripture lessons, typically the last, as we've been in 1 Kings, we've been using the passage from 1 Kings as our scripture lesson, but uh, this morning we have some additional reminders that come in from Psalm 2. But now we're going to read our passage from 1 Kings chapter 3. And we already read the first part of this, uh, but I want to go back just a few verses. I don't think they have all of this on the, on the slides. I'm going to go back to verse 5 just to remind all of us of the context of what has been happening in 1 Kings. And then we'll be studying Solomon's uh, response to the Lord asking him what he wanted and also the outcome of that in terms of how God responds to Solomon's request for wisdom. So 1 Kings 3, 5 through 15. Please stand for the reading of God's word. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night, and God said, Ask what you wish me to give you. Then Solomon said, You have shown great loving kindness to your servant David, my father, according as he walked before you in truth and righteousness and uprightness of heart toward you, and you have reserved for him this great loving kindness that you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. Yet I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. Your servant is in the midst of your people which you have chosen, a great people who are too many to be numbered or counted. So give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, to discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? It was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. God said to him, Because you have asked this thing, and have not asked for yourself long life, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself discernment to understand justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. Behold, I have given you a wise and discerning heart, so that there has been no one like you before you, nor shall one like you arise after you. I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there will not be any among the kings like you all your days." If you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and commandments, as your father David walked, then I will prolong your days. Then Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and offered burnt offerings and made peace offerings and made a feast for all his servants. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So Solomon asked for wisdom. He was given that 
Well, we, we typically don't think of it in the context of the Bible, but, you know, you rub the genie's lamp, out pops the genie, and you get three wishes, right? Well, God shows up, not a genie. God appears to Solomon and asks him, what do you want? No pressure, right? Now, the question to you is, what do you want? That's really the whole question. That's the whole sermon. What do you want? What would you ask for? Solomon asked for wisdom. Now, the, the funny thing is, the typical answers of what people might give are given in the text, right? What are the things, did you kids notice, what are the things that he didn't ask for that God said? Yeah, you, you say one. Riches, yeah. A long life, do you have another one? No, you, they took years. <laughs> do you remember the last? Jewels, that's part of riches. There's a, the, the next one might be a little bit strange for kids. Yeah, you remember it? What's that? To be honored. Yeah, that, that was part of it. There's one more that's a little bit weird to us, especially, I think, to kids. Go ahead, an adult can answer. The lives of his enemies. Yikes. But when you're a king and you have an army and you have enemies and lives are at stake, it's a little bit un more understandable, isn't it? Or when you have somebody who has done you great wrong and you are very angry, you can understand. These are the kinds of things that people are often going to ask about. I preached on this passage in the jail yesterday, and I asked the men what they would ask for, and one guy said, you know, just a clean slate. He, he wants a redo. Another guy actually, I think it was the same guy, said, uh, I want to just be financially stable, basically. I just, you know, have enough money that I can just live my life, have a car, and a, you know, an apartment or a house, or, you know, just be like, stable. I bring these things up because I think some of us take these things for granted. Solomon asked for wisdom. Why did he ask for wisdom? He asked for wisdom for the sake of judging the people of God. That's what his, that's what his higher goal was. It wasn't so that he would be great and honored. Now, you know that later on the Queen of Sheba comes, right? And, and his fame spreads. Because of his wisdom, he's famous all over the world. 
Now, have, you, have any of you ever met a genius? Yeah? You said, yeah, but I don't think you know what you're talking about. <laughs> Is your mom a genius? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I would say the, uh, the man who came up with the surgeries or, you know, there's various people that were involved in coming up with the surgeries that Abel needed. Some of them were absolute geniuses in their, in their one area, right? Some people are geniuses in multiple areas of life, right? Solomon, Solomon was made wise, we read elsewhere, in every area. You know, he knew about trees, and he knew about flowers. He knew about math, and he knew about music. He knew about art, poetry. He was, he was wise, which is, as we, we saw in our men's study, you know, it's, it's skillful. It's expert. He was skilled in all knowledge. All, all branches of wisdom. That's why in spite of the fact that there are geniuses still today, there, there has not been someone who is like Solomon before or since. Every, every branch of study, every area, every discipline, Solomon was wise in it. Why? Because he asked God for wisdom. Because his priorities were right. Now the focus of these other things that he could have asked for, or maybe the other things that you have in your mind, like if I was ever asked, you know, what do you want from me? What would you say? I think there's, there's some people who have some, some deep philosophical answer, like, I would ask for world peace. You know? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> what would you ask for? There's very few people who would ask for wisdom. And that demonstrates something about Solomon. It demonstrates that he is wise already. Now, that's remarkable. Solomon is already wise. We haven't heard anything about Solomon up to this point, basically. We've seen a little bit of his wisdom in how he deals with the men who were left after David's death, the way that David trusted his son Solomon to be wise in how he dealt with those men. But we, don't, we, we just haven't heard really much about him until this point. This point is where you really see his already wise nature coming out. Why do I say that? Well, because Proverbs 4.7 says, The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is Acquire wisdom. Get wisdom. So Solomon demonstrates the fact that he already has the beginning of wisdom by asking for 
wisdom. What would you ask for? Well, our text is supposed to be moving on beyond simply what Solomon asks for and also into God's response to him. But I just want you, I keep asking that question, what would you ask for? Because I want you to think about what motivates you, what your heart desires are. If you don't know yourself well enough to know what your heart desires are, I can, uh, I can send you a little, a little uh, chapter from a, a book by David Pallison, and it's called X-Ray Questions. And it's just, a, I don't know, it's like a hundred questions. It goes on and on. It only takes you five, though, to figure out the answer. <laughs> Maybe ten. You go through these questions, and it's just, it, it asks you things like, you know, what do you do when you're angry? What makes you angry? What makes you excited? What do you do when you're tired? These are the things that reveal your heart's desires to you. The things that make you angry, the things that make you excited, the things that make you stand up and shout. These are the things you care about, right? If any of you want that little article, just let me know. I'll happily send you the PDF. It's a great, great help in understanding your own heart. What the idols of your heart are. And it gives you some, some simple categories for understanding how you're motivated. Now, Solomon is motivated not by the desires of his flesh in asking for wisdom. The focus that we have on ourselves, if you think that the greatest thing in life is for you to simply be able to be comfortable, right? That is a desire of the flesh. If you think the greatest thing in life is simply to be able to rest, again, nothing wrong with rest, nothing wrong with comfort. These are good gifts from God, aren't they? But when they are what motivate you, you know, if, if your goal would be to never have to work again, right, you realize that there's something motivating you besides love for God and his people, which is what motivates Solomon to say, you are great and you have this great people that you have put into my care to be the king over, to judge, and I don't know how to do it. Help me know how to judge them. Help me know how to rule them. Give me wisdom so that I can do a good job of serving your people. God rewards him 
or having his heart in that place rather than in the place of seeking money, seeking honor, seeking the lives of his enemies, seeking long life. God is not opposed to us having good things or enjoying those good things. He responds to Solomon's request for wisdom by saying, because you didn't ask for these things but asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you both. And so he gives him wealth such that later on we read Solomon had made gold so common in Jerusalem that silver was like stones. You, it wasn't worth anything. Fabulously wealthy. Fabulous wealth. God rewards Solomon's proper priority by giving him not just wisdom, but the lower priority things too. He gives him those lower priority things. As you read through the book of Proverbs, one of the things that you see over and over again is that God has made the world in such a way that if you are wise, good things will come to you. And here we see it borne out in a supernatural way that God says, you know, you're going to have wisdom and then I'm going to add to the wisdom all of these other things. But the fact is, if you are simply wise in the first place, these are the kinds of things that you can expect. The fool is lazy and doesn't do his work, right? And so what happens? A fool and his money are soon parted. Right? And so, if you want to have money, you have to be wise. That's the way God made the world. It's also the way it works out with Solomon. If you want to live long, in the land the Lord your God is giving you? Kids, do you know what you have to do? Anybody? Yeah? Honor your father and your mother. And that is the start of being wise, listening to counsel, right? Honoring your father and mother means doing what they say. So Solomon doesn't ask for long life, but because he's given wisdom, it means long life is headed his way. The fool says, hey, y'all, watch this. Right? And then what happens? He dies. The wise man has discernment and understanding and thinks before he acts. And so he lives. This is how God made the world. And so it's no surprise that it plays out this way with Solomon. That Solomon, becoming fabulously wise, leads to all the benefits that wisdom brings, also being fabulous.
What are you spending your time seeking? What are you, what are you prioritizing in life? Perhaps it is long life. There are people who are experts at living a long time. Or, or they think they are anyway, right? And then there's people who live a long life. And typically we say it's genetics, right? Which is, which is another way of saying they didn't do anything. <laughs> they were born that way. Some of us are born with better bodies that are longer lasting. Some of us are born with worse bodies that aren't as long lasting. And either way, no matter which camp you fall in, and generally, you know, you, you might have some idea, but you don't know, you can spend an awful lot of time thinking about how to make sure you are healthy. Right? Right? Make sure you are healthy. Make sure you live a long life. How much time do you spend on exercise versus wrestling with God for a blessing? What's your priority? If you ask God for wisdom, he will give you wisdom. If you exercise, you will sweat. Which is not to say there is no benefit from that, but the Bible says there is only little benefit from it. There is a little bit of benefit. But if you had to pick between prayer and exercise, which would you pick? Wrestling with God for wisdom. Praying and not letting go until he gives you wisdom. Maybe you are wise about food and diets. Maybe you have deep knowledge and understanding of how the body works. Maybe you know more than anybody else what sugar and salt and eggs do and don't do. To me, it's a mystery. Maybe you know it very well. How much time have you spent on that? How much time have you spent reading, studying, growing deeper and deeper in knowledge as opposed to reading, studying, digging deeper into God's word? Are you seeking wisdom? What are you seeking?
If you're seeking long life, the most you can get is long life. And as one man I know has pointed out about Methuselah, remember how long Methuselah lived? Any of you kids remember? Yeah? 960, yeah? 969, you were off by one. I had to get, wait for the right last digit. Now think about that. Off by one, does it matter? 968 versus 969? And, and I know a man who's like, oh, can you imagine? Oh, that would be awful. And that's our goal, right? Oh, yeah, if I could live to 969, maybe I could beat him, get to 970. And he's like, are you kidding me? Anything but that. This life for that long? No, thank you. The most you can get when you are an expert at long life is long life. And I say the most because... You know, there's really no guarantees, are there? You may be an expert. But what does God say to Solomon about long life? It's not one of the things that Solomon was after, right? But God does bring it up. If you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and commandments as your father David walked, then I will prolong your days. You want to live long? You want to have your days prolonged? Honor your father and your mother. It's that simple. You want to have your days prolonged? Walk in the footsteps of your father David. Keep the Lord's commandments and statutes. There. I have made you an expert on living long. Next time you spend an hour studying diets or exercise, ask yourself why. And if the answer is long life, remember this. Honor your father and your mother. Walk according to God's commands. And you will have the blessing that God promises. Perhaps what you're seeking in life is not long life, but pleasure. This brings us to remember that Solomon, in all his great wisdom, did begin to seek pleasure rather than seeking God. He tried it. He wrote a book about it. Ecclesiastes. You know what he said about it? It's vanity. It's empty. It's pointless. Trying to seek pleasure. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are pleasant that you can do. A lot of things that are pleasurable. Right? 
But here and now, as Solomon has that first spark of wisdom, the wisdom enough to know to ask for wisdom. The wisdom enough to be focused on doing the work God has called him to do. To prioritize doing a good job at that work of caring for God's people. What Solomon was doing was putting others before himself. That's what he was doing. He's like, hey, there's this vast kingdom of people. I'm king. It's easy enough to look out for number one. What I really need help with is looking out for everybody else. Being a wise judge. This is why God is pleased with his request. Now, you know that it would be possible if God showed up in a dream for, for, for you tonight, right? And said, what do you want? That you would say, wisdom, right? Why? Because I want long life. Because I want to be fabulously wealthy. You think that'll be pleasing to God? You think God can't see through your heart? It says, man looks at the outward, but the Lord looks at our hearts. He knows our motives. He knows our deepest thoughts and dreams and desires. No, there's no getting by by asking for wisdom. Your motives have to be pure for God to be pleased with that request. It's so that he can do the work that God has given him to God's glory. And the particular work that God has given him is caring for God's people. What a duty. If you are young, seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. As I read before, the beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. Elsewhere, you may remember more because it's more commonly uh, written in various places in the Bible. We know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, Solomon must fear the Lord, right? Peter. Yeah, I see you. (laughs) Fear the Lord. Solomon fears the Lord because he knows this duty of caring for God's people, he is going to be held accountable for how he fulfills that duty. He's going to be held accountable for how he is as king, whether he is just in his judgments, whether he is wise in his judgments. He looks at the, he looks at the duty. He looks at his own inability and says, I need wisdom to do this. And so he seeks it because he fears the Lord. 
and yet with all his wisdom. Later on, as we will see, he forgets this basic truth. If you are old and have already proven wise in some things, certainly not to the extent that Solomon has, right? None of us is going to think that we're wise like Solomon. But perhaps you have been wise once or twice in your life. Perhaps you are an expert in, in one or maybe two areas. Don't forget to continue seeking wisdom. Solomon turns away from God later in his life. That's not wise. And you think of the the kingdoms and the rulers of the earth, right? We read in Psalm 2, why do the nations rage? And there's there's two types of king. The king that serves God and the king that rages against God. So there are two options before each of us. Solomon turns away from God later in his life. Not wise. Not wise. So you've been serving God for five years. So you've been serving God for 10 years, 15 years, 25 years. And now what? Now will you grow weary? In seeking God, seeking his wisdom, seeking to serve him in whatever work he's given you to do, begin to seek other things instead. You young men, you little girls, seek God. You old men, I'm not going to say there's any... You older girls, seek God. Seek wisdom. Solomon's not the only example we have of the wise man turned fool. Ahithophel was wise. In 2 Samuel 16, 23, we read, The advice of Ahithophel which he gave in those days, was as if one inquired of the word of God. So was all the advice of Ahithophel regarded by both David and Absalom. And then Ahithophel joined Absalom's rebellion. That's not wise. Do you want to end well? God speaks to Solomon, if you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and commandments as your father David walked, then I will prolong your days. That's what we want. Yeah, we want to be experts. We want to be experts at the work God has given us to do. We want to put others before ourselves. We want to, we want to be what God has called us to be. Some of your mothers, fathers, you have various jobs. Why do you go to work? 
Why do you go to work? For the money? Well, yeah, for the money, right? I mean, but why? To serve God. And it doesn't matter what your job is. To serve God and his people. Why are you supposed to earn money? So that you have something to share with God's people. That's, that's one of the main reasons the Bible gives for working and working hard. Crazy, huh? It's not so that you can buy a nicer car. Hey, you got the money? Buy a nice car. More power to you. Do you have enough to share? That's why you're working. So don't hate your job. Don't be frustrated by your job. Do it to God's glory. Everyone thinks they'd want to be king, just like everyone thinks that they'd want to live for 969 years. Talk about a rough job. (laughs) Talk about a lot of responsibility. I mean, some of us are overwhelmed with a family and a few employees. All this responsibility. And Solomon's like, I got a nation. A nation on my shoulders. It's too much for me. I need I need wisdom. We all need wisdom. Wisdom to do the work God has given us to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a joy it is that you have promised that all who ask of you for wisdom, you will, in your generosity, give us wisdom. And yet, Father, so much of the time we know our hearts, we know that what we are seeking, what we desire, what motivates us is not fear of you, not seeking of wisdom, but seeking to meet what we think of as needs, but really are so often, so much of the time, and simply the lusts of our flesh. And so, Father, have mercy on us. Give us enough wisdom that we will fear you. Give us just enough wisdom that we will seek wisdom. Father, may we be experts at honoring our fathers and mothers. not experts in seeking some other way to reach long life. And Father, we thank you that you have made the world so that when we are wise, there are good, joyful gifts that come from you. And we thank you that you give us the warning that fools will suffer for their foolishness. Help us to turn away from foolishness and turn to you with wisdom through to the end of our days. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.